Hello and welcome back to another season of the Joyless podcast that is having an answer with uh, me, uh, Simon Robinson, with David Silito. Hello, everybody. And with the newly shaven Samuel J. Higgins. Is, is J. the middle name, or have I got that from somewhere? Is what, sorry? What's, what's your middle initial? James. I was right there, Samuel J. Higgins, yeah. I thought you said Samuel shaved Higgins. That too. That's weird. That sounds like the title of a film. Samuel Shaved Higgins. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a night out, I once had. <laughs> Tell us. Oh, no, can't, no, no, no. No, I can't go, I can't go on air about you that. Can't, you can't just drop that bomb and then just walk away. Well, basically, somebody thought it'd be a good idea. Like, you said, oh, yeah, Sam, lay down on that pool table and we'll just shave your chest. Like, why do you want to do that? It'd be fun, wouldn't it? So, um, Fun for who? Exactly, that was that was my point. So, I've especially s- not the pool players who, whose game we interrupted. <laughs> I, I, have, I have some follow-up questions. Uh, on, Sam. At one, how old were you when this happened? Nineteen. Two, who brought a razor out with them to shave your chest? They didn't. The co-op was around the corner. It was late night co-op. Right. That explains everything. You're not getting the answers you wanted here, are you? I'm just. I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. Had they already bought the shaving foam and razors at the time they suggested this? No, hen- no, hence the co-op around the corner. They saw it yeah. was still open. But they weren't that committed. Let's do that. They but, hadn't gone round. No, it wasn't predetermined. It wasn't predetermined. No. So, Harry, let's get this right. So, you're in the middle. What was the immediate conversation before the shaving? Or were you like talking with the football and someone said, "Would well, love to shave your chair, Sam." I honestly, I honestly don't know. It must have, you know, eight or nine, eight or nine pints into it, you don't really stop to think. How did we get onto this? No, I'd I never like had eight think, or nine pints and thought I want to shave a man's chest. I like never. to think that the precursor was that you'd all been sat round in the pool hall shaving your legs, and therefore it wasn't that odd a suggestion <laughs> that you just think, should we shave the pool hall? Oh, hang on, yeah. Sam. So let's get this or right. Pub, so whatever. So so one of there was a pool table there. Yeah. So one of your one of your friends. Um, said to you, Sam, we're going to shave your chest. And you went, yep, sounds legit. No problem with that. There's a co-op round there, lads. Some, someone nip around and get the shaving foam. If we're going to do this, let's do it right. Go get the shaving foam and the razor. I'll just go and lie on this pool table and take my shirt off. Then you do that. What the people are playing pool just say, That's, yeah, obviously this is, this is happening. The <laughs> landlord and the bar staff and the customers say nothing. You take your shirt or T-shirt off and lie down. They will cover you in foam and just shave you. Well, I didn't actually say anything about covering in foam. There was no foam. Be easier. What was it? A wet shave or a dry shave? It would have been a dry one, actually. Thinking about it. Right. And what did they do with the hair once they shaved it? Just pint glass. Eat it. (laughs) Was it it part of the dare that everybody then had to have one of your um, shaved hairs from your chest? In their point, I don't know. I just, I was, I was, I was grateful for the service, and then you know, I, 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 do I, say, I genuinely did. I don't know what he was going to say. I was grateful for the attention. <laughs> oh, so, so the, did everyone stood around watching this? Did they? And then at the end, yeah, it was like one of those like. Uh, but was it not really awkward at the end? 
like when you'd finished and you stood up from the table where people just not like a oh now what you uh, just, did it happen did you do it what do you mean did i do it did they shave your chest well, they didn't shave all of it no but yeah would have been there would have been bit. there for four hours but they did do a bit they did do a bit, yeah. Right. What was the? Po- I don't understand the point of this, Sam. I there was there was no, but there is no point to anything that you do when you're 19 and you're going out, you know, on the drink, if you like. Right. Anyway, thanks for joining us. For uh, I like your top, Dave. What's that? Is that what's that red? That's, what's that? Circle, what the circle thing? Uh, it's just the little badge. Cool. O'Neill. I like that. Who's the maker? It's my favorite hoodie. Yeah, it's good. I've got this, you know, hoodie on on this nice warm. Um, July day. <laughs> it's really muggy today, isn't it? Horrible, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, this is the case of Madeline Luckham, who actually wasn't quite so lucky when she went to tribunal. And she's against the HSBC bank and a fella called Robert Clegg. I don't think it's the same uh, Cleggy from Last of the Summer Wine. Not related um, to Nick Clegg as far as we know either. Pardon? Not related to Nick Clegg. Nick Clegg or Dr. Legg from EastEnders. <laughs> uh, so. You watch some strange things, you, you know. Okay. What, EastEnders? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever sat through an episode of EastEnders. Do you know what? I've never watched EastEnders. I always, I always think that um, soaps are um, just dull. <laughs> so so this, this, this lady, Madeline um, Luckham, it was a was a was a banker who worked at HSBC, and she her tribunal claim for various things. Um, just to clarify, that's the Hong Kong Shanghai Banking Corporation, oh, wow. um, sorry, which yeah. can be shortened to HSBC. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I do apologise. I should have I should have explained what that stood for. Yeah. So she she um, claimed that she was forced out of out of um, the HSBC. Um, after ending an affair with a married colleague, alleging that uh, managers had uh, shut down her complaints of of harassment. So, do either of you two want to talk about this or not? Should we just not bother? Well, that was um, pretty much the case in a a nutshell, oh. isn't it? Um, well, thanks for he, tuning in. He, I, I quite like the fact that um, he apparently lived in Newbury, worked in London, and used a hotel to break up his commute. I mean, I don't know how far away this hotel was from Newbury or, or London, but it's not that far away, is it? No. What would he do? He sort of set off like the day, like he'd set off on a Sunday morning. Maybe he walked, maybe he couldn't drive. Maybe he had other problems in his life. Um, maybe. Couldn't drive. Maybe it's just walk. a nice hotel. It's like Dick Whittington. Off to, I'm off to London, love. Put his knapsack over his, uh, I over his shoulder. <laughs> I forgot about Dave. I'm going to earn my riches at the HSBC. Yeah, Dave, Dave's, Dave's doing one of his infamous pop culture references, Dick Whittington. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to love a good pantomime. Yeah. But yeah, he stayed with her in this hotel, didn't he? And he... Um, he was in a stable. He stayed with her in this hotel. Oh, sorry. He seemed to stable in the hotel. Well, there, was, there were a couple of incidents, weren't there? There was, like, you know, after there was, wasn't there one incident after, like, Christmas, a Christmas party or something, or Christmas drinks, where they ended up in a hotel, and then they somehow both ended up on a business trip to Hong Kong. And um, apparently the affair they'd been having had been 
had been sort of on its had been breaking down. Um, but I noticed there was something in the judgment saying like they decided to have um, what was described as goodbye sex, which um, I think you know I don't quite understand somebody's reasoning behind that, but that's probably um, I've got the details for another podcast. Um, just no, another no, interesting. No, aspect. I disagree. <laughs> I think it seems it seems like something we should explore now. Explain yourself. Well, that's what I mean. I, I, I don't have an explanation. I mean, I mean, goodbye sex. I mean, yeah. What do you understand about that? You know, what's, wrong with, what's wrong with the wave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should point out this. Yeah, Robinson Ralph just wave when we depart. We don't insist upon goodbye sex. And is is it at every? Is it at every time you say goodbye, or was it? You know. Yeah, that could have taken a rather dark tone there, couldn't it? What's wrong with that, Sam? <laughs> yeah. When we're <laughs> leaving the office, there might be a time. <laughs> it's more than a, yeah, but when I, if I'm saying goodbye to somebody, I don't want it to last. Um, I don't want it to last very long. I don't want it to last too long. <laughs> well, it's just it's just a stupid a stupid concept, if you ask me. Okay, but that's yeah. Again, it's the beauty of democracy. I think it's so, stupid. So people might think, obviously think it's great. That's the beauty of democracy. What's he going to do with democracy? The height, the, <laughs> the height of political systems has all been leading towards people being able to have goodbye sex. Anyway, sorry, Sam, go on. No, well, just moving on from that. I mean, there was there was also, um, I mean, part of um, the claimants claims that obviously she was uh, phased out of um, of the of the business. And there was one aspect, um, apparently she was promised a role um, within the company um, on a salary of £130,000. A bread Sorry. role? Or a... Uh, no, a working role. Working, working role. role. A, a job role. Not, not, <laughs> apparently promised a job role of on £130,000, uh, never materialised. Um, apparently, um, the claimant had accepted that role in writing, Um but then found out on the 1st of May that it had been withdrawn. But then it seems as though that argument was undercut by the fact that she'd had until the 21st of May to apply for the role anyway. So it kind of, I think she fell down on that point. Yeah, I had, I've got a couple of comments I can make about the case where they're really boring. So It's never stopped you before, why don't you cry? No, I know, I know. Uh, well, she raised a complaint, didn't she? She raised a grievance. Um, and she... Uh, didn't mention some of the uh, alleged sexual harassment that she raised in her claim. In fact, some of the sexual harassment that she raised in her claim, um, she didn't even mention until further and better particulars. So she didn't even mention them in the original claim form. So uh, that um, very much, I think, damaged her credibility. Uh, so a little lesson there for uh, anybody pleading an employment tribunal claim um, is get everything in there. <clears throat> and if your, your client has had an opportunity to raise that before, raise any complaints they want to make now before and um, they're gonna to have to very, give a very good explanation um as to why they haven't raised them if that is the case have we told them the result yet about what happened and what the judge um, found she lost yeah quite badly after a three-week hearing the so first what? day of which was just dealing with applications for restricted reporting orders and um an application to amend the claim which you might think should have been dealt with a lot sooner. I think that's often the danger if you've got a lot of time in a tribunal hearing um, towards the beginning. There's sort of no pressure on time, and things can um, can sort of slip, can't they? Three. I mean, a three-week hearing 
um, <clears throat> for for this claim seems to be uh, quite uh, quite amazing, really. So I'll tell you the I'll tell you what I took out of this case, and you two can tell me. I took two things out of it. One, don't pay your staff in in bread products, you know, bagels, baguettes. Nan bread. Nan bread, yeah, excellent, excellent. Thought you were um, actually calling for somebody there. Um, Nan. <laughs> that's like my favourite, not my favourite, but a good joke from David Dean. I'm going to do this wrong, is that he was sat in a curry house and two nuns walked in apparently quick as a flash. He shouted to the waiter, no, I ordered a couple of nans. <laughs> um, anyway, that, that's, lesson, that's lesson one. The, the other lesson from the case, <laughs> the other lesson from the case is that, that, and we see this, and I say this, how many times do I say this? Um, allegations are not proof of guilt. Uh, we can see on social media people accused of stuff and, <clears throat> and they're found, the allegation is enough to, to, to ruin them. Um, and I think the fact that she made all these allegations and they weren't upheld just goes to support my argument, which is you, you do, do a full investigation. I say my argument, like I'm the only one who thinks of it, but employment lawyers argument that you would always do a full investigation actually the more serious the allegation the more investigation you would do so because the judge said or the tribunals said written by the judge i assume um we do not find that um uh, mr clegg abused his power or control over the claimant or acted in the way she described the reason why her contract was not renewed was because of the concerns raised by hr in very strong terms as a result of the number of complaints about her conduct towards colleagues and others she worked with we have been faced with conflicting accounts of numerous events where we have unfortunately been drawn to the conclusion that the claimant's account of those events is unreliable and self-serving. In a large number of instances, the allegations were based purely on the interpretation based by the claimant on events or action, not supported by any cogent evidence. So anyone listening to this, I mean, you, you won't be at this point, but if you are still, you've left this on in the background or something, um, then do remember to to not just uh, hear an allegation and think oh it must be it must be true and it's serious so therefore the person's out you need to do a proper investigation preferably instruct firm of solicitors uh, i don't know off the top of my head robinson ralph um so i've heard of them i've heard of i've heard of them and um and, and see if, if you can get some help in in doing that investigation i think robinson ralph i think i've got just not just employment solicitors but also they've got uh, an ehr um consultant don't they who can help with all the hr i believe they have yeah yeah very good apparently as well yeah 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 i've, I've heard that definitely um i see them all over social media so <laughs> it must be it must be all right um so yeah that's that's that case why wise words wise words so should we knock this on the head i think contrary to sam's suggestion dave i think if we just say goodbye rather than actually have goodbye sex that's probably more appropriate it would. It very much would. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then. Fine. <laughs> Just this once. Um, if you're listening to this, right, and hearing it, you're 50% to blame, listener, <laughs> because you've chosen to listen to this. We're not stood beside you, making you listen. You've chosen. Yeah. So If we make a Robinson Ralph podcast and nobody listens, does it make a sound? <laughs> yes. Yes is the answer. Yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of like a death spoiler, a death rattle, isn't it? That's the kind of that's how I think we would describe this podcast: a death rattle, like a or a, just a sad weep. <laughs> right. Robinson Ralph having a gnat of the sad weep of a podcast.
And on that, hey, on well, that this po- is genius. Yeah, I don't know why brilliant. I'm not in advertising. Yeah, no, you should make a fortune. You're like one of them mad men on the television. Yeah, yeah, Don Draper. Yeah, Don Draper, right. On, on, on that note. <laughs> yeah, right. Bye, cool. everyone. Bye, everybody. See you later.